Welcome back, dear friends, to your daily dose of ancient wisdom. Today we continue our reading of Srimad Bhagavata Mahapurana, Tritiya Skandha or Book 3, Discourse 29, which talks about the true meaning of devotion and glory of time. Devahuti said, You have told me, as described in the works of Sankhya system of philosophy, the characteristics of Mahat Tattva, the principle of cosmic intelligence, as well as of Prakriti or the primordial matter, and Purusha, the spirit, characteristics which reveal their true and distinctive nature. Now, be pleased to reveal to me at length, O Lord, the path of Bhakti Yoga or the discipline of devotion, which is said to be the end of the above discussion. Pray, also tell me the various destinies in the form of birth in different species as well as of death attained by the jivas, by hearing an account of which man may develop a distaste for everything in the world and is in the next, O Almighty Lord. Further, let me know the essential character of all powerful time who is the ruler even of Brahma and others and is identical with you and for fear of whom people do that which is good. You have appeared as sun to diffuse the light of yoga for awakening men who, having lost the eye of wisdom, have identified themselves with objects such as the body, possessing no reality, and who, feeling fatigued on account of their mind being attached to action, have long been lying asleep in the bottomless darkness of ignorance. Maitreya continued. The great sage Kapila greeted these charming words of his mother and overwhelmed with compassion and full of delight, O crest jewel of the Kurus, replied to her as follows. The Lord said, The discipline of devotion, O noble lady, is recognized as manifold according to our ways of approach or attitudes of mind with regards to it. And men's attitude of mind varies according to the diversity of their natural characteristics. A man who is given up to anger and views me as distinct from himself and who practices devotion to me with a mind full of violence, hypocrisy and jealousy is a devotee of tamasika type. He who worships me through an image, as distinct from himself, with a view of acquiring objects of senses, fame and power, is a devotee of Rajasika type. And he who adores me, as distinct from himself, aiming at the eradication of his sins, and with an intention of offering his actions to the Supreme, or again with a feeling that it is his duty to worship me is a devotee of sattvika type. The uninterrupted flow of the mind stream towards me, dwelling in the heart of all, like the waters of Ganga towards the ocean, at the mere mention of my virtues, combined with the motiveless and unremitting love to me, the Supreme Person is spoken of as the distinguishing character of an unqualified bhakti yoga. 
My devotees accept not in exchange for my service the five forms of final beatitude, namely the Satya Loka or the residence in my divine realm, Sarstri, enjoying my powers, Samipya or living in my presence, Sarupya or possessing a form similar to mine, and Sayuja, absorption into my being, even when they are offered to him by me. The aforesaid Bhakti Yoga has been declared as the highest or the final goal for transcending the realm of the three gunas or modes of Prakriti. The devotees thereby become qualified for my state without any effort. By devoutly performing one's duty, both of an obligatory nature and those arising of special occasions in a disinterested spirit, by following every day a course of worship enjoined by Pancharatra and other sacred works involving no destruction of life and actuated by no worldly desires, by beholding, touching, adoring, extolling, and bowing to my images, by regarding all living beings as my own manifestations, by restoring to patience and behaving in a friendly manner with one's equals, by practicing the five yamas or non-violences, truthfulness, non-thieving, abstaining from sexual commerce, and possessing things not exceeding the bare necessities of life, and the five niyamas, namely external and internal purity, contentment, undergoing penance, study of sacred texts, and meditation on the God, and by hearing spiritual discourses and chanting the divine names, by unity of mind, speech, and body, fellowship with holy men, and absence of egotism, the mind of a man engaged in activities intended to please me gets thoroughly purified and conceives a liking for me without any effort the moment my virtues enter his ears. Just as odor wafted from its source through the vehicle of breeze catches the olfactory sense, so an equipoised mind engaged in the pursuit of yoga or devotion embraces me. I am ever present in all living beings as their very self or inner controller. A man, therefore, who worships me through an idol, showing disrespect to me as abiding in all creatures, makes a travesty of worship. Ignoring me, the supreme ruler, the self-present in all living beings, he who stupidly resorts to idol worship alone throws oblations into ashes. The mind of a man who full of pride hates me, abiding in the body of another, views me as distinct from himself and bears deep-rooted malice to living creatures can never find peace. I am not pleased, even though adored, but through an image, by means of formal worship carried on with costly or cheap materials, O sinless mother, by a man slighting other creatures. Performing his allotted duties, a man should worship me, the supreme ruler, through images, only so long as he does not realize me as present in his own heart as well as in the heart of other living beings. Figuring as death, I cause great fear to him 
who makes the least discrimination between himself and another because of his differential outlook. Therefore, through charitable gifts and attention as well as through friendly behavior and by viewing all alike, one should propitiate me abiding in all creatures as their very self. Living beings are superior to the inanimate creation while animals are superior to other living beings. O blessed mother, higher the animals are being gifted with consciousness and still higher than these are those endowed with sense perception. Again, among the creatures endowed with sense perception, those endowed with the sense of taste such as fish are superior to those having the sense of touch alone. Higher than these capable of perceiving taste are those endowed with the olfactory sense like the bees and still higher are those capable of sensing sounds like the snakes. Higher than these latter are those capable of perceiving the difference of color like the crows and still higher are those having teeth both in the upper and the lower jaws. Of these latter, those endowed with number of feet are superior to those having no feet. The quadrupeds are higher than those possessed of many feet, while the biped, namely human being, is superior to the quadrupeds. The members of the four castes are superior to other human beings, while Brahmana ranks the foremost among the four castes. Of the Brahmanas again, the knower of the Veda is the best and higher still is the man who knows the meaning of the Vedas. Higher than latter is he who can clear doubts, a master of Mimamsa system of philosophy, and higher still is the man who performs his own duty. Superior to him is he who is free from attachment and performs his duty in a disinterested spirit, expecting no rewards for the same either here or hereafter. Higher than the latter is the man who has dedicated all his actions as well as their consciousness, nay, his very self, his body to me, and thus sees no difference between himself and me. And I find no living being higher than the man who has given his mind and offered his actions to me, who has no sense of doership and regards all with the same eye. Treating all living beings with great respect under the belief that it is the same Almighty Lord who has entered their body as the inner controller of the soul, tenting it, one should mentally bow to them. The yoga or discipline of devotion as well as the yoga of the eight limbs have thus been expounded by me, O daughter of Svayambhuamanu. By following either of these two yogas, a man can attain to the Supreme Person. The aforesaid aspects of the Lord, who is the same as the Absolute of the Vedanti and the Supreme Spirit of the Yogi, nay, who figures both as Prakriti, the primordial matter, and Purusha, the spirit, and yet lies beyond the two, is also known by the name of Providence, who brings into play the activity of karma or the destiny of different jivas in the shape of birth in various species of life. It also bears the appellation of Kala or time 
which brings about the transformation of things and is possessed of wonderful prowess, nay, which is a source of constant terror to those who regard themselves as separate entity and have identified themselves with Mahattattva, the principle of cosmic intelligence and other products of matter. Kala, the time spirit, who is the ruler of rulers, Brahma and others, and who being the support of all, enters the heart of all living beings as the inner controller and devours or destroys them through other beings in no other than the deity presiding over the sacrifice and known by the name of Vishnu. Although there is none dear or hateful to him, nor anyone his kinsman, he is ever on alert and attacks and destroys the man who, having forgotten the Lord, wallows in the error of sensuality. For fear of him blows the wind, for fear of him the sun shines, for fear of him the god of rain pours forth shower, and for fear of him the host of heavenly bodies shed their luster. Afraid of him, trees and creepers along with herbs and annual plants that die the moment their fruit ripens, put forth blossoms and fructify each in its own season. Again, afraid of him, rivers flow and oceans never overflow. Nay, for fear of him, the fire burns and the earth with its mountains sinks not into the water supporting it. Subject to his control, the yonder sky allows room to living beings and Mahattattva, the principle of cosmic intelligence, expands its own sprout-like form into this vast universe enveloped by seven sheets in the shape of earth, water, fire, air, ether, the ego, and prakriti. For fear of him, the deities presiding over the three gunas or modes of prakriti, namely Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, who hold sway over the entire creation consisting of animate and inanimate beings, remain engaged in their duties of creating, preserving, and destroying it from time to time. That imperishable time spirit, who, though beginningless, is the first maker of the universe, and who, though endless, brings about the end of the phenomenal world, carries on the work of creation by bringing into existence one individual, a son, through another, his father, and likewise dissolves the universe by destroying even Yama, the Lord of Death, though himself the destroyer of even death. Thus ends end of the 29th discourse forming the part of the story of Lord Kapila in Book 3 of the Great and Glorious Bhagavata Purana, otherwise known as Paramahamsa Samhita. Thank you. Thank you.